Let's do this. It's another Friday. Another Friday is here for now. And maybe you're already cracking open that bottle of Chardonnay or that beer. It's been a week, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's what a lot of people have been saying all 2020. But I'm glad we're here to keep you company. It's Allie Johnson and Dr. James Simmons, nurse practitioner. How are you, James? I am doing well. I'm also glad that it is Friday today. I'm starting to feel like I can breathe a little bit more. Just well, yeah, I mean, you're you're always doing a million things, so it's good that you're getting some rest. I hope that you get some much-needed rest and drink some much-needed alcohol this weekend. I have a question for you right off the bat. Oh, okay. Wow. Very good. Please fire away. I'm ready. This is not Ask the NP. This is Ask the Man Who Was Born and Raised in Nebraska. Oh, okay. Very good. Ask the NB. <laughs> Ask the NB. Very good. Okay. Roadkill. <laughs> How, what is customary practice oh, if you say, okay, let me back up a little bit. Uh-huh. This morning, I was in the bathroom getting my morning started, if you know what I mean. Uh, and I got a text from my wife who had gone outside to her car, and the text read, I need a shovel. <laughs> Uh-oh. There's, there's so, just some like in, implicit, like inherent drama just in that. Like, regardless of where you receive that text, <laughs> yeah. it's, there's, yeah. you know something's about to go down. I was like, this is the day I die. She's been plotting to kill me this Jeez. whole time. <laughs> We right. updated the life insurance policies. She's ready to go. I didn't know she'd do it in broad daylight, but sure. But here we are. I walk out on our little baby balcony thing, and I see her down there in the middle of the street with a dead rabbit. And I was like, oh, oh bunny foo-foo, gone. I mean, there's been so many little bunny buns around our hills because they've had all this time to mate. Yeah. And they haven't had a lot of people around, so they're just frolicking the hills of Calabasas. And... I guess she, Katie looked up at me and said, there are teeth marks. And I was like, oh, okay. So a little coyote got, got little bunny, right? Mm -hmm. But she didn't want to just leave it in the street, especially because our street is not a super populated. I mean, it's, it will sit there for a very long time if you don't do anything. Ah, uh, yes. So she, I, I got a shovel from our little shed and I threw it down onto the, onto the lawn and then she <laughs> grabbed it and went into the street and she couldn't really scoop it you know where it's like you're trying to scoop something and it just won't get uh -huh. on the shovel uh -oh. which is awkward with a bunny so she literally and i'm glad there was no one around because she's literally just scraping it very slowly across <laughs> the street <laughs> in like the most excruciating slow way possible but then once she brought she was just trying to get it off to the shoulder right right sure but the street that we live on on that side of the street they don't do any street cleaning or anything like that so she put it on the side of the street and then she even did a little extra scoop to try and like put put little bunny off into the hillside where she can rest in peace. Uh -huh. But is that that carcass is now going to be there for the rest of time, right? I mean, what do you what as a Nebraska born and raised country boy, uh -huh. what do you do in a roadkill situation? Because just putting it onto the side of the road just seems like, okay, well now there's gonna be a dead animal there for the rest of eternity and what happens? <laughs> Well, uh, so roadkill uh, can be managed on a spectrum, I will tell you. Uh, oh. There are lots of people who, not. let me rephrase, not lots of people. 
There are people that I knew growing up who would stop and pick up the roadkill and throw it in the back of the truck, depending on how fresh the roadkill was. For dinner. For dinner. Oh, man. Uh, that's, that's more rare than anything. That's why I corrected myself. It's not lots of people. Most people just ignore roadkill on the side of the road because there are also agencies, by the way, I'm sure Calabasas will do this too. If you call like animal control, they'll actually come remove it for you. So you don't actually have to touch the, uh, roadkill because a lot of times they have different types of diseases and stuff with them. And you don't know if that, you know, I know this was a rabbit and rabies is not rabid in rabbits, (laughs) Uh, but there are some animals where rabies is. Um, you know, pretty good. So uh, also, yeah, there's just this whole thing where you just get out, you kick it to the side of the road, and then either some other animal will come and eat it. Or remember, it is 99% biodegradable. That little rabbit is going to biodegrade right into the earth and be blown away. Whatever. I bet you'd be surprised in, in, in less than two weeks. There will be either still there. No, no, there'll be either no rabbit or very, very little rabbit left. If, if in two weeks, yeah, oh yeah, it'll go, it'll go fast. This this human biological material will de- will decompose very, very quickly. Human but, animal biological material will decompose very, very quickly. Okay, I know this is a rather morbid way to st- to to start the show, but I really wanted to know because I, you know, we we live in that. Obviously, it's it, the bunny as I speak is right across the street, and I just like I, I keep thinking about it every time I leave the house because I'm like, oh, what is Bunny doing now? And I want you know go to my car, and I'm like, is she still there? Is she? Yeah. <laughs> or I'm like, maybe there are you know a coyote got her, and then there's some other animals that are like, ooh, you know, here's. Here's. This is what I like to eat is like the leftovers. You know, yeah. there are always people who love leftovers more than the regular meal. So we got, a, we got a fair amount of turkey vultures in California, too. Like we. Yeah, they'll be around. No, okay. Bunny's just fine. She's recontributing to the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. She'll, she'll be good. My, my guess is you watch. And, and like I said, about less than two weeks or around two weeks, you go out there. You'll be like, oh, where did we put the bunny? Because she'll be gone. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, so, and uh, also Katie was looking up bunny symbolism when what happens when a bunny shows up in your life. And I was like, I don't know if there's a spiritual. I, I'm not sure one. that there's. I think it means that there are rabbits have been producing in your hills. I think. That's yes. That means. And there are coyotes also in the hills. And that's just what happens <laughs> with nature. Yeah. So I don't know if there's a tie into Moon Circle. All right. We're going to we'll be right back. Who would you least want to have lunch with? There are always those lists and questions of if you could have lunch with any person living or dead, who would it be? Well, there's a lot of crap. Happy people these days. So who's the last person you would ever want to have lunch with? We'll talk about that when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Thank you in advance for hanging with us today. We hope you like what you hear. If you don't, go ahead and email us. We'd love to hear from you always. You can always interact with us at DTS Show on our Twitter and on Instagram. You can direct message us there. You can also download the podcast at any time and download and subscribe and rate and leave reviews. It's how the world works these days. Right now, we are going to get into a question. Well, it's not necessarily a question that you've probably been asked before, but a lot of people have asked that question. If you could have lunch with any celebrity, living or dead, whether it's a historian or somebody on your favorite TV show, who is on that list? Who's on the Mount Rushmore of people you would most want to have a lunch date with? People auction off lunch dates at, at big fancy auctions. You can win. I mean, people pay like thousands and thousands of dollars just to have lunch with the person of their dreams. Right, James? They, they do. And uh, uh, I, that question has changed for me a lot. Who would I want to have lunch with? It's, it's like a super interesting question. And it, it varies. Sometimes it varies on like the movie I just watched. <laughs> 
right. or the show. I just like right now I'm like I'm trying to catch up on Insecure. So I'm like Issa Rae. Right. I, any, everything in my life is Issa Rae right now. Like I'm like, ah, you're the mother. You're the greatest, you know. Yeah. So we decided to flip it around because everything in 2020 is upside down and ask you, who is the person you'd least want to have the lunch, have lunch with? Whether it's because you think they will chew weird or because you don't think that the conversation <laughs> would be very exciting, living or dead, who would you least want to have lunch with? By the treatment of the Columbus, Christopher Columbus statues, I bet that he would be on some people's lists. But who is on yours, James? Because I've got a little short list here and it has a lot of variety to it. Oh, does it? Very good. Um, so, you know, I think there, I feel like you, you, we almost have to qualify this with like, you got to get rid of some of the ones that are just like givens. Like nobody wants to have lunch with Hitler. Like we probably right. Don't Donald Trump with, is probably on a lot Stalin. of lists, so we'll right. just say Donald, no. Yeah, no, no Donald Trump. So you got to you got to get a little bit more creative. I don't think I actually would ever want to have lunch with Michael Jordan. I know we've we've talked about oh, him before. Uh-huh. I just uh, nope, not a fan at all. And I just I don't. I feel like everyone is like you have to be an ass to be as great as he is. I disagree. I think there are lots of people who have been very very great at what they're doing, and they are not uh, a-holes. That. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, oh, I had another, oh, I had another one and I just completely forgot. All right. That's okay. You let it marinate. It'll come back to you. I'm going to let it marinate. Who's on your list? All right. Well, because of the whole ladybug thing from earlier in the week, (laughs) I'm going to mention Lindsey Graham just because I will be thinking about that the whole time and I will lose my appetite and not be able to eat a meal. And it, and I would imagine if we're going to lunch, it would be a nice place. So that would be very unfortunate that I wouldn't be able to enjoy my meal if I were to actually have lunch with Lindsey Graham. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you missed the Ladybug conversation, please download the podcast. I can't remember what day that was, whether it was Tuesday <laughs> or Wednesday or whatever. But, ooh, that was a story. Ooh, that was something. Yeah. Similarly, anyone who's super, re- like, Rush Limbaugh would not want to have lunch with that guy. No. So that anybody like that in the politics world... Now, when it comes to celebrities, I think it goes without saying that anyone Kardashian, Uh if I were to be invited to some kind of Kardashian brunch, which would be a dream come true for a lot of people, that would be so, so miserable to me to be able to have to (laughs) listen to that conversation. Um, But Ali, why? I just don't understand why you don't want to. Uh, Like, what did we ever do to you? Why we would not want to have lunch with us? Like, like, don't just base judge me based on my looks and based off my success. I've, I've turned into really a monster. For this, right? <laughs> that's how zombies transition. <laughs> I, I think also just it would bother me that because I know that none of them would eat anything. Oh, see, I think I I find this as someone who has watched the Kardashians. I'm not obsessed or anything. I find it the other way around. Oh, they eat. Uh, Oh, they do eat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) They also work out like nine hours a day and get lots of procedures. But part of it is because those girls eat. (laughs) Okay. Got it. All right. Well, in that case, maybe not so bad. But Kanye West. Absolutely not. I would not want to have lunch with that person. And Uh then any I'm just going to completely generalize with a type of person. Uh, okay. For my final. Oh, yeah. Any guy who is in the middle of developing an app and wants to tell me about it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a show. <laughs> no, no, like, no. Oh, Just anyone who, like, probably <laughs> the guys who invented Uber when they were still trying to invent Uber. 
Oh, oh yeah, because it's all the only thing that they're going to be able to talk about, yeah. and they're going to be like all up in it. Like, don't you want to invest early? Yeah, it's going to yeah. be the greatest thing ever. Yeah. And you're like, I just want to eat my steak. I just just leave me alone. <laughs> I can't. You know what? I got to get I, on this from the ground floor, man. Yeah, totally, totally. I think. Um, I think I said this maybe earlier in the week too that I feel like this she's the devil incarnate. But I, I mean, Laura Ingram. Oh yeah, just, she's like, got to be on your list. Top my list of just the worst, and it it's not even that she has. I mean, uh, just the, the her hypocrisy of like you know she she her father is a immigrant directly from Poland who was a Nazi sympathizer. An immigrant. Oh. Who was a Nazi sympathizer? Oh, wow. Uh, But she's like super anti-immigration. Like she just is like reeks of her brother's gay. Her brother's partner died. Oh, that's right. I remember he's been on channel two before. She like horrible. Yeah. She has like horrible stance against the gay. Like I just, I can't. And the patronizing and this, I can't. I think I don't want to have lunch with her because I think I would get in trouble. (laughs) Like I'd be like flipping tables (laughs) and throwing things. Yeah, yeah. Doctor overturns buffet in (laughs) angry rage. And Laura Ingram's like, see, I told you the lefties, they're just crazy. Oh, God. (laughs) Well, who would you least want to have lunch with? Always let us know at DTS show. We'll put that question up on Twitter and Instagram. We'll be right back with more. Drop the subject. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject on the new channel Q. It is Friday. I got some sleep, so I'm feeling a little bit better today. And thank you. Another thing that helps me feel a little bit better is when you drop the subject listeners. Show us how you're celebrating your pride, and you're going to use that hashtag thing, hashtag Channel Q Curbside Pride, because we want to know how you're celebrating pride. So you're going to upload a video, a picture, a whatever, showing us how you celebrate your pride. Didgerary, is that what I said the other day? Didgerary, yeah. Didgerary, you can send us a queet if you want, whatever that (laughs) is. Yeah, queet us. Tweet us. Uh, yeah. And when you do that, we hook you up with a Q curbside pride pack. Games, window signs, lawn signs. We're doing lawn signs still. Uh, Channel Q face mask. I mean, who doesn't need those? I'm starting to be like, my face mask is going to start have to matching what I'm wearing now. Like, I think it's turning into a fashion thing. So we'll get you. I know I need, I need more of like repertoire of of masks now. I need, I need like a a good teal, you know, whatever. And uh, (laughs) because we're going to be wearing these things for a while. And of course, uh, the really fun thing is an opportunity to be on air on Channel Q to share with us what pride means to you. So head on over to wearechannelq.com or check us out on our socials at We Are Channel Q. We can't wait to hear from you. Drop the subject listeners and see how you're celebrating your prides. Okay, James. Yes, you know that a lot of that cops has been canceled. A lot of cop shows are being canceled or shelved. There's a lot of talk this week about how cops are portrayed on TV, in films, and beyond, correct? Correct. Now, there's also very been an interesting theme going on when it comes to children's programming in the in the midst of all this. Sesame <laughs> Street was a very hot button topic on Fox News this week. There's somebody who was very upset with Elmo. Very yes. And now people seem to be coming for Paw Patrol because oh, of man. Chase the police dog. This dog cancel him immediately. Oh, Chase here, and I'm proud to be a police pup. These paws uphold the laws. If someone's in trouble, I'll shield them from danger. Awesome! Yes! When my 
lights flashing, that means Chase is on the case. All in a police pup's day. Rush to the rescue with Chase and his friends on Paw Patrol. Okay, so now this is public enemy number one, everyone. Everyone is calling for euthanization of <laughs> Chase, the police dog. I, Get I rid mean, of him! Oh, no. Okay, so I think... Allie, can I am I can I be the one that rains on your parade? I mean, is no. there anybody else here that rains on your parade? <laughs> yes, yes, I, you can. So I love it. I'm sorry. The I think the most of this was in jest, is my understanding this week that it was sort of like uh, while everything's being canceled, we might as well cancel Paw Patrol too. Um. So no. We're not canceling Paw Patrol, nor should we. Okay, because on Twitter here it says all dogs go to heaven except the class traders in the Paw Patrol. You're telling me this is not real hatred? No, I think it is every well people needed a little bit of a release valve in the last couple of weeks. So they I think people uh, are being funny about Paw Patrol. My guess is it probably started as individuals making fun of protesters and others calling for cop shows to be canceled. And they're like, well, while we're at it, we might as well cancel Paw Patrol. That being said, I do think this speaks to an overall re-examination of how police are portrayed in the media and on television shows and what how we like this cultural you know i was talking to my dad actually last night whilst driving and my dad was like well you know all of these conversations start when you're a kid when you're young when you're two right like his my dad's wife who is my stepmom her kids are having conversations with their kids who are like four and five right now about everything that's going on. And he's like, that's where these conversations start. So I won't say that I feel, you know, I feel like you, if the conversation is an opportunity to spark a conversation, maybe not with a, an 18 month old, <laughs> but maybe right. if there's a four or five year old watching Paw Patrol and you're like, okay, you know, like most people who want to protect and serve us are good people. But like, some, you know, let's talk about all these people that are marching down our street. You know what I mean? Well, you, you could say, there's not not all cops are like chase the police dog. They're not all just there to save a kitten from a, a bad train uh, from a train ride gone bad or figuring right. out who's taking the penguins fish. I mean, these are all episodes that I watched <laughs> watched recently. So I guess it would have to be on, you're the, on in the habit of watching Paw Patrol. Like this is a like damn good show. I will say, you know what the problem I have with this show is that all of the dogs are completely stereotypical. Why does it have to be a German Shepherd? That's the cop dog. Why does it have to be a Dalmatian? That's the fire dog. Hello. Is the pit bull going to be the antisocial thief? Probably. They're probably pro the pit bull's probably the bad guy. They always make the pit bulls out to be bad guys. Yeah. yeah. And then if you make the Chihuahua Latino, I'm going to come on. Then I will come I, for Paw Patrol because that happens all the damn time. <laughs> Doesn't it though? Right? It does. Have some like bad accent, right? It'll be some like yeah, where they're like, "Hey, what's going on, like man? I just want to hang out." And you're like, "Why are you doing that no. with the Chihuahua all the time?" Uh, that needs yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting stuff. What do you think of Paw Patrol? Let us know at DTS Show on Twitter and Instagram. Want to know what you think? Um, when we come back, we, uh, this uh, celebrity cringe video. I mean, that's not what it's titled, but you're going to cringe when you watch it. Okay, great. Perfect tease. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and James. Let's take a break from being angry at Paw Patrol and let's be angry at some celebrities on Twitter, shall we? <laughs> All police dogs must go. Rawr. <laughs> um, okay. Some celebrities got together and released a PSA that ultimately, we will say, has 
a very important message. It's a bunch of white celebrities talking about how they're taking responsibility for the part that they played in racial injustice in this country. Just going to make a blanket statement. Obviously, that's a great message to put out there. Now, yes. the execution of this <laughs> PSA has some people... I mean, it's it, there's parts of it that are off-putting, and I think it's interesting to play some of this and kind of break down where it went wrong because Twitter was not having it. No, Twitter was not having it. I'm literally holding my forehead right now because <laughs> I, I it, this is not something that's like... Like, the intention is great, and and you're right. We have to start the conversation, but this, the execution was just off. It was just a little bit off. Let me, let me play a little bit of it for you so you guys can hear what the hell we're talking about. I take responsibility. I take responsibility. Okay, by the way, I'm just going to stop Paul, that one right way. there. It was like, it was no lie, a four-second dramatic pause of Aaron Paul, Paul, doing the like prayer hand signs in front of his yes mouth. it was the prayer hands that made yeah. it <laughs> looking bad. off to the side and then and it starts with sarah paulson who you're like oh i love her Yay, we love sarah you know paulson. they start on a good note they start with like a solid person that a lot of people love and right. then they go straight to aaron paul who's like i take responsibility and, and i was like it, mm. uh, we we must take responsibility like no what who are you being like hold on and wait there's more i take responsibility I take responsibility. The third person was Kesha, and you're like, okay, 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 where are we going? Medium. And then the fourth person shows up, and you're like, who is this? <laughs> for every unchecked moment, for every time it was easier to ignore than to call it out for what it was. Okay, and then person number five is Kristen Bell. Yeah, and then you're great. like, oh, cool, great. Yeah, and she's like not looking at the clear script that's off to the side of the screen that most of these actors, who should be great at memorizing lines, by the way, but she's not looking at a script. She's sort of like half clutching her pearls a little bit. She's looking right in the camera, and she's just like, yeah, we got to take responsibility for this. She's not being Kristen Bell. She's not being an actor. She's not, you know, really, uh, you know, whatever it's uh, being a thespian with the whole thing like Aaron Paul yes there was some real uh, I'm trying to think of the right word it was just very indulgent from some people and then Kristen Bell was very simple very honest vulnerable looking at the camera obviously had her s together and memorized her lines but you're right there you can you can tell you can tell when someone's eyeballs are just a hair over from the camera because they're mm -hmm. looking at their computer screen for the scripts right right right, right. exactly so, so there are people like that and you get all pissed off but then in Be comes Enough little, is enough. Uh, little I will no longer allow an unchecked moment. I will no longer allow racist, hurtful words, jokes, stereotypes, no matter how big or small, to be uttered in my presence. And you're like, oh, it's Stanley Tucci. And he has that beautiful languid sort of way of speaking where he's like utter injustice I will not allow it and you're like yeah cool man I love but, Stanley Tucci <laughs> right it's also Stanley Tucci right like that's right. the same like when he taught us all how to make a cocktail a month ago or whatever that's exactly how he was talking like you're like alright this dude is real I, I guess the whole it's one of those things here where where you there's i had like a spectrum of emotions with this and i you're sort of like shut up i don't want to hear from you like right, right now i still don't want to hear from a bunch of rich white celebrities not all white by the way there are two latinx people in this video but 
I don't want to hear from you right now. I don't care. Like people are actually out there dying and things are happening and change is happening without you. Julianne Moore, I love you. I think you are one of the best actors of our entire generation. But guess what? This whole movement's been happening before y'all thought it was cool to be a part of. And it's still happening. And we're still making change. So I don't need to hear from you, rich white ass, right now. It's kind of... Yeah, well, also, we already went through that getting over celebrities talking to us thing during COVID. Yes. So right. it's like everyone being like, we are here. We we're, are we're together. together. And it's also yeah. the structure of it. Like, I, 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 I will not, will not do it. And you're like, do stop. I don't need <laughs> to like, see this stop. stupid PSA structure. And then right. you see the same thing with this, which, you know what? They did it. I'm, I'm good. Like, it's good that they put their message work out there. You, you know, yeah. yeah, the message is good. And whether everyone's laughing or not, it's a good message to put out there. Uh, just memorize your lines. All right, people. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and James Simmons rounding out a lovely week together. And of course, since it's Friday, we bring on our good buddy, Jason Carter from RuPaul's Drag Race, The Young Turks, CNN, Entertainment Weekly, all kinds of places to talk about what is going on in entertainment and pop culture. And Jason, it seems a lot has changed in Hollywood in a week. I feel like every show I was reading about two days ago is now canceled. Uh, Allie, hi, James, <laughs> hi, good morning. <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to Friday, right? This week has seen the obliteration of a lot of things that we would never have seen, what, a year ago? We have reality stars being ejected from their royal seats on reality shows. We have people like Andy Cohen and Lisa Vanderpump chiming in and saying, all right, skirt. Nope, this behavior is not tolerable. But we also have some cancellations of some shows that have had many, many successful seasons over the years and millions of followers, millions of views. And they're now being told, hey, we're putting you out to pasture. No questions asked. It's like some people, too, are like, mm, I think this person should be next. And the networks is like, OK, great. You're gone. Like, <laughs> if there's no debate anymore. They're just like, OK, get rid of them then. Right, right. Well, well, and people are also very, very quick to disassociate themselves. Right. Like, I love yeah. how Andy Cohen. I never knew him. I never like. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Like oh. whoever from Vanderpump Rules got fired. He went on his radio show and he was like, uh, just just so everyone knows, I'm not the head of programming at Bravo anymore. I, mean, I, I have nothing to do with this. Like, that's, that's right. not me. I mean, and they should have been fired a long time ago. You know, like he was totally everyone's like, oh, don't say anything. Don't breathe. You know who I think is really glad all this is happening, by the way, is Ellen. I just got to say it. Ellen's probably really glad that everyone else is not paying attention. Yeah. She's like, right listen, Ellen, Ellen's probably like dancing in her living room, trying to conjure manifest someone not calling her out because Listen, there, no stone will be unturned when it comes to the reckoning of Hollywood that's happening in this movement. And not to make light of it, but it's sad that it took it, it just the deluge of activity that has happened since uh, Ahmaud Arbery and, and, and Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. It's sad that it took those those sad, tragic, horrific events to have this change that has that has permeated every single part of like humanity, it seems like. Also, yes, Andy Cohen is having a Mariah Carey moment of, I don't know her. Right. And, it, it, to, <laughs> and to me, it was so questionable, but also refreshing. So with that, we talked about canceled shows, right? Cop shows going away. Cops, one of the benchmarks of cop shows not returning to the Paramount Network after 33 seasons. Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk it? I remember we used to, can I say get high anymore? Yeah. We yes. used to like get high. Back <laughs> that has not changed. <laughs> and like, right, right. I'm like, are we canceling marijuana? We, we used to get high in college and watch this. And then everyone would tell their own police horror stories. 
Like we yeah. were like, oh, I remember when the cops did that to me and drug it out. Drug. It was almost like a way of processing sort of, of being like, yep, well, okay. The cops is also there. I guess they're also doing it to everybody else too. And there, I mean, there were, the cops were doing weird things to white people on the show too, but I just, I think the like glorification of cops in general and, and uh, seeing like that being considered entertainment value, like cops just like sort of being overly aggressive and mistreating the people that they're supposed to protect and serve. I guess I, I'm not a fan of cancel culture, but I am sort of a fan of like that type of cop show. Probably it doesn't have really have a place anymore. Well, we have procedural shows like uh, Book of Nine-Nine, Chicago PD, Law and Order. Law and Order, which is a cash cow for NBC Universal. How are those shows going to be affected? I mean, because those are scripted dramas that are written from a, from a, a place of someone's opinion, how they view these types of occurrences in the world, right? And also these shows do a very good job of doing their research and making sure that they are on the money when it comes to um, those fields. However, people are hypersensitive now and, they, and, and a lot of these studios want to cross their T's and dot their I's and make sure they're on their P's and Q's when it comes to telling these stories. So we don't know how those shows are going to be impacted, but Live PD, which is a docuseries for A&E, 4 million views weekly legions of followers, legions of viewers. That show has also been canceled abruptly with no questions asked by A&E. And I think it's safe to say that networks, yes, while they are being to me somewhat performative when it comes to support of what's happening, because we do know at the end of the day, the bottom line is the bottom line and that is viewership ad revenue dollars and dollars in general, I'm glad to see that they are taking some swift, swift action and making sure that we're not seeing egregious and somewhat um, offensive depictions of people of color in these docuseries shows. So I guess it's a kudos to them, you guys, maybe? Well, I mean, I think overall, like, I don't know. My dad freaking loves live PD. He's like, you got to watch the show live PD. It's crazy. And I'm like, okay. Uh, so I never really got that anyway. And I understand why it's leaving. But when it comes to narrative shows like that bad boy spinoff, with Gabrielle Union, like Gabrielle Union was going to have her own show. That's awesome. And that's been shelved now because of everything, mm. which I understand the reason to shelve it. But then it's also I hope I do hope they bring some of these shows back just because it also is giving somebody like Gabrielle Union a chance to be in the spotlight. What do we do with these? Because at the end of the day, like this is how TV is sort of structured. And even having these like procedural shows and these scripted shows that are a part of facets of our life, right? There are mm -hmm. reason that like fire shows, police shows do really well, medical dramas do really well. Mm -hmm. But there's, there's also, I think a lot of those things can also help foster really good com right. conversations uh -huh. and push things Agreed. forward. Like, like law yes. and order, for instance, has always been sort of on the forefront of talking about police brutality, racism within police departments, particularly sexism and homophobia in police departments, and it's because they they can do that because it's a scripted procedural. So I'm almost like, well, we can't just ignore that like police departments exist, right? right? And we can't just ignore right. these things. But like, I think it's a but using a it to change the narrative, right? Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 And and just in, in rap, you know, like shows like Grey's Anatomy, Chandra Ryan's always use this as an example. She depicted the way the world is and how people move to the world every day, and that's why shows like that are successful. So I think this is just going to put the put an even hotter fire under the butts of these writers' rooms and these production companies to make sure that they're on the money with the stories they tell and how they tell those stories. And that's a win-win. When we get back more with Jason Carter, we're going to talk about how how some influences are missing the mark when it comes to showing solidarity with the protests and the Black Lives Matter movement. And we'll also talk about Kelly Clarkson calling it quits with her husband. Don't go anywhere more. Drop the subject. 
Drop the Subject, the new Channel Q. Welcome back. It's Drop the Subject. It's Friday. It's Allie and it's James. And we're chatting with Jason Carter from the Young Turks from RuPaul's Drag Race. You can see him in his skivvies there. And we are talking about what's going on in Hollywood right now. A lot has changed in the last week. And a lot has changed in the last 24 hours. We learned that Kelly Clarkson is no more when it comes to her marriage to Brandon Blackstock, who I know nothing about. So please talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> talk amongst yourselves. Well, he, of course, is, uh, well, of course, like, this is a little inside baseball news on Brandon. Now, he is the stepson of country legend Reba McIntyre, who is also a very close friend of Kelly Clarkson. And I'm sad to see this over because uh, on all accounts, Kelly Clarkson looks like she is living her best life every single day. Hit TV show, multiple Grammys, millions of records sold. She's so fun. And then now this, uh, this is severely from left field for me. James, what do you think? Yeah, I, this is a little bit left field for me too. I, I think she, uh, you know, I, I'm almost wondering when I first saw this news break yesterday, I actually was thinking, okay, is this COVID related? Because uh, you know, she's hey. been doing her personal talk show digitally, like remotely from their ranch in Montana. And so part of me was like, okay, because he's a manager, he's her manager, but then also like has really involved in country music in different ways and like whatever. So you take them, they have like a Nashville home, an LA home, a Montana ranch, whatever. But you take them, his previous kids, the two kids that they have together, you stick everybody on a ranch in Montana for three and a half months and can't go anywhere. I was like, is this COVID related? Like, is this like lots of other couples that were just together for too damn long and like everything came out? Because it does, it like to your point, Jason, it seems very, very, very left field for me. It does. And I mean, they were married in 2013. As you mentioned, they, they share two biological children as well as the stepkids together. But, you know, to, to lean on what you're saying about being stuck on a ranch in Montana, one, Kelly Carson is a millionaire. Um, there's a lot, I'm sure there's lots of room and lots of things that they could do to, to make sure that they're kept busy on that ranch in Montana. But the papers were submitted in um, court earlier this month. So this could have been, of course, brewing, much like uh, Mary Kate and her divorce. This could have been brewing for months and now it's just finally coming to the forefront. And, you know, the tipping point could have been COVID, but damn. But hey, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? I mean, she is invincible. Oh, yeah, like that's true. That's <laughs> and I always feel like when somebody is Best, dating right? or married to their manager, it never works out. I think the only person that worked out with was Celine Dion. Yeah, hey, yeah. And she, you know, rest in peace, her husband as well. Yeah. yeah. Now, how are influencers totally missing the mark when it comes to showing solidarity? Because I'm reading that people are posting pictures of them in blackface and that that's resurging. What the hell? Oh, um, what the hell is an understatement, Allie? First of all, the word influencer just does my head in because yeah. like, who the hell are you influencing? No one. Secondly, it's going on overseas in Eastern Europe and parts of um, in parts of the Middle East where you have these influencers that are painting their faces either half in blackface or full in blackface wearing afros to stand in solidarity and show support for Black Lives and the Black Lives Matter movement. Now, I don't understand how in 2020 people don't realize how offensive blackface is. We've had many instances where people have been thrown over the coals for not understanding. Hey, Megyn Kelly, remember her? Sure, her career was upended by her not understanding the severity of blackface and people don't realize the history 
of blackface. They don't know what it stands for. And I feel like let's all educate ourselves. Now we're educating ourselves on so many things that are important to people of color. Let's educate ourselves on blackface, shall we? I mean, it's, it's right. that simple. I'm sort of net, net cause this was new to me, Jason, as you always do. Thank you for schooling us. And I was like, okay, who was actually doing this? And I, I'm looking at some of these and I'm like, first of all, these are awful. These influencers. Well, you have to read the captions too. Cause they're ridiculous. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I mean, some of these captions are like, we, you know, I wish I was black today more than ever. <laughs> well, let me read you one from Sohela Official, who is a major influencer, again, overseas in the Middle East. And she says, look, look I'm sorry, let me, let me get you the quote because it's the absolute most. Just because we're black on the outside doesn't mean that we are black on the inside. Racist people are the true black heart ones. They are black on the inside, though they do not know it. I understand the sentiment, girl. I feel you. I understand the sentiment. Poor execution, though. Right. Yeah, definitely docked a couple points there. Just because I don't think the analogy really works. Like, you're black on the inside, and that's bad. It was like, Right. I think we're moving away from, like, things right. that are black being bad. Like, yeah. just sort of in general. And I get that, that Soela is, like, a, from a different country and, like, whatever. But still, I like, uh, uh, no. No. Well, just, you know, just some history on blackface. It started in the menstrual shows almost 200 years ago, and it was to depict very, very overtly how they saw black people. They, they drew on bigger lips, made um, darker hues. It was just it was a comedy depiction of how they felt and the lowness they felt about black people and their existence in America and how they could be the butt of the joke. That's where blackface comes from. So for those who don't know what blackface is about, please do yourself a service and do yourself a solid and do your research on it because there is a reason why it is and is and it still is deeply offensive. It's it's a, an opportunity for all of us to get educated and there's still so much left to be done. Jason, thank you for helping us understand some of the things that are going on in Hollywood and in the influencer culture which that I think we all agree that <laughs> That word makes Nailed us throw up a little bit of in our mouths. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. It's always good to talk to you. And people can follow Jason at Jason Carter Official on Instagram. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, guys, have a great weekend. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. time to news or lose whatever you choose but quickly wanted to tell you if you head on over to wearechannelq.com and enter uh, upload a, a video or a photo of you celebrating your pride you could we could hook you up with an incredible curbside pride pack because we're doing pride curbside this year and we want you to celebrate with us in your very own home you can get a channel q lawn sign you can get some window hangers a channel q face mask which everyone needs a new face mask these days some games an opportunity to be on the air with us talk about pride all kinds of fun stuff all just for uploading a video or a picture okay of just any way that you're celebrating your pride it really can be anything use your imagination or don't be super lazy it really doesn't matter uh just go to wearechannelq.com enter and uh and upload your picture or video or go to we are channel q on socials okay i've got three headlines in front of me james you have three decisions to make you ready oh no my binger banger dinger clinger is bad today it's bad it's okay <laughs> it's friday even your bang, dinger banger binger whatever is quitting uh-huh. Uh-huh. okay here's your first headline man notices unexpected message on the bottom of an arby's bag <laughs> totally yeah love okay it. Headline number two, the one delicacy Queen Elizabeth II refuses to eat. 
<laughs> that sounds like we can do that fairly quickly as well. Plus, I want to hear more of that voice. We sure can Ding. do it quickly. <laughs> and then finally, headline number three, there's a simple trick to watch YouTube videos without any ads. <gasps> oh my God, this should be the title of our show. This should have been the hook that got everyone into watch from the beginning. I know the world is falling apart. I know we are making huge leaps and strides forward in racial injustices. However, right now, this should have been the... You are welcome. Drop the subject, listeners. Allie Johnson is finally doing her job for once, and she is providing us with quality content, and that quality content is how to not watch ads on YouTube videos. Thank the Lord, baby Jesus. Okay. We will obviously start from this place, because you need to know. (laughs) Right. When you enter the URL of the YouTube video that you would like to watch in a well in a in a web browser, you copy and paste the URL. Ah. Uh. Add an extra period. Now, I know, ladies, it's just an extra period on the actual URL. Okay. Add an extra period after the .com in the YouTube links. Apparently. If you add a period after the dot com, so it's dot com dot, that will make it so that there are no ads for now until YouTube finds out about this until, and finds well, a workaround. You know, all of YouTube is listening to us right now. So the person who wrote this uh, said that an extra period can get around YouTube's advertising machine for now. If you and the person who wrote this said it worked for me when I pasted the URL into an incognito browser window with the added period. In addition to removing pre-roll ads, it also eliminated mid-roll interruptions for videos as well. By the time you've copied, pasted and altered the video URL, I'm not sure how much time you're really saving over just waiting for the skip ad button, but it does indeed work. I'm literally trying it right now as we're talking, (laughs) but I can't. I think the video I pulled up was a cached video anyway, a video I had already seen on YouTube because it's youtube.com slash and then a whole bunch of mumbo jumbo. So the dot's supposed to go after the dot com. I believe so. That's what I, so it says pasting a video URL into an incognito browser window. So it's not like youtube.com dot. It's the URL. I but guess I just putting it, a dot after that is, that is the URL though. like the U- HTTPS YouTube.com okay I'm going to try it again while you go on to the next story I'm trying okay. I, stay tuned drop the subject <laughs> listeners we'll see if it works we're trying this in real time ladies and gents let's talk about the queen and food that she does not like oh, the queen and <laughs> Philip have been married for 70 years but they like different things and they don't always agree on what to have for dinner <laughs> stop it no, no, keep going. Don't stop. Inevitably, there are only one or two things that the queen and her husband do not like, and hosts are duly warned in advance. Neither the queen nor the Duke of Edinburgh like oysters. Oh. I didn't and apparently, realize, I didn't realize that that was like a like a delicacy, like a royal delicacy. I thought that was just like a thing for everybody. Yeah, it says that the oyster, they just will not touch any oysters. They don't also like, uh, they also don't like garlic. They said they never sort of have any, anything with garlic or too many onions. I mean, that's also kind of an old person thing, right? Having sure. too many onions. Yeah. And yeah. then the also, the other tidbit here is that Queen Elizabeth has never eaten pizza 
in her life. What? How can you be queen and not have pizza? That's <laughs> sad. Well, she's okay. like 98 years old. Like, what does she have to worry about now? It's not like she's really worried about like coronary artery disease or anything. Like, girl, go ahead and get you some pizza. I I'll know, se- just have a little I'll bite. I'll send you some. Right. Yeah, we'll send, let's send the queen some pizza. I am so down for that. Yeah. All right. Um, James is going to look into this YouTube no ad thing. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I will tell you about the man who noticed an unexpected message on the bottom of his Arby's bag. It's a real grab bag of ridiculousness today in News or Lose It. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Oh my gosh. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. You guys, it's James. She's Allie. I'm me. It works. It works. In the last segment, Allie brought up as one of her news hits that you can do this. This thing with YouTube where you put a dot after the com. So YouTube.com dot and then slash all the mumbo jumbo. It totally works. This is what you do. You go to YouTube.com and you pick the video that you want. You copy the link for the video and then you paste it in an incognito window. Yeah, so whether it's like private Safari or incognito yeah. on Chrome, whatever your non-traceable browser is browser is then you go there and you just put a dot so it'll say youtube.com and then you add a dot but keep the (laughs) slash and everything else there was no ad it is great oh my gosh change my life well and there are some i mean it's the mid roll ads that really piss me off yeah and i don't know when they started doing that but i also hope that the you know what will make this worth it is to also not be told that i should start subscribing for youtube tv they're like, oh are you gosh. sure? Are you sure? Do you want to do sure? a trial? You sure? Do you want to do? Sure? Meh? What about no. that? You know, you can listen with no ads if you. And I'm like, please leave me alone. I don't want to do this right now. I'm not ready. So like, uh, I can't. So that hopefully is a life hack that will make your life easier. And now I will tell you about another cockamamie story that took place at an, at an Arby's. A man noticed an unexpected message on the bottom of his Arby's bag. This is the remainder of stories for News That Will Lose It. So he got some Arby's. A social media <laughs> influencer oh, went Lord. to Arby's. Uh-huh. Story That's... checks out so far. Yeah. Is it Jessica? No, this is actually a, a, a guy, a white guy with a man bun. Well, my guess is that beer. Jessica probably doesn't eat at Arby's, so, yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't think that we have the meats is something that she's all about <laughs> right, in that right. way. Okay, <clears throat> so... He noticed he ordered Arby's and he looked on the bottom of the bag. And apparently there's a note at the bottom of the bag that says that the bag can hold up to 25 pounds. <laughs> so, what? Yeah. And so him and all of his friends were like, what? Why would this little paper bag be able to hold? Why does it need to hold 25 pounds of anything? So now they Seriously. did like a big TikTok, you know, video where they were putting like 20 pound weights in it and all of these different things that <laughs> weighed 20 to 25 pounds <laughs> Does it work? and the bag wor- yeah the bag was able to hold Whoa. it there's like a, a dumbbell or one of those um one of those things with the little ball and the horns kettlebell yes uh, uh-huh and he they put it in the bag and try and lift the bag just from the bag part and it stays it doesn't oh, rip oh wow oh that okay that is super cool wow well who knew <laughs> i mean i'm still not going to go to arby's you know no i think if you were just going to go to ba- just going to go to arby's to try for the bag just to try the bag like, then you've got a lot of time on your hands yeah well that has been News or Lose It. <laughs> <laughs> that is round two of News or Lose It. <laughs> That's Have great. you ever, were you ever an Arby's person? I never liked Arby's. Oh, no, I totally loved Arby's. 
and my really? fat kid days. Oh yes. Well, I was okay. always amazed that they even had anything on the menu because every menu item is just meat with a bun around it. Right. Well, so I was never like a big Ar- like Arby's the sandwich like that they were famous for or whatever. I was more of the chicken fingers and curly fries. Oh, okay. Uh huh. Yeah, they had, I don't they care about the f- curly fries. Oh, oh my gosh, they were loved. All three hundred and fifteen pounds of me loved every. All of those <laughs> 25 pound bags of curly fries. <laughs> Loving every minute of it. Do you miss any fast food chains from the Midwest or any of those air- surrounding areas? Because when I, I, I've not spent a ton of time in that area, but when I was doing, a, I was doing a show that was traveling through that area and we ate at like Cracker Barrel and those kinds of places. Ooh. And I was like, man, or uh, what's the one in the Wisconsin that has the cheese? Uh, Culver's. Yes. Culver's. That's, I was going to say, that's what I missed, by the way. That's the Culver's. Yeah, <laughs> Culver's time. with the fried cheese curds. Uh, yes, I very much miss fried cheese curds. I very much miss a pizza place in Chicago. Um, oh, my God. I, called Pequod's. I almost blanked on it. It's, I think it's the greatest pizza on earth. Um, yes, there are lots of my favorite Chinese food I, is from the Midwest. I very much miss that because Californians mm-hmm. don't know how to do real egg rolls. So, you know, there's lots of food. Noted. That yeah, yeah but, that makes but sense. My, uh, my waistline does not miss it. <laughs> All right. When we get back, we're going to give you an actual COVID update because this is still happening, ladies and gentlemen. I know a lot of you are forgotten or maybe just going, OK, moving on. Um, no, not moving on. Let's talk about what's going on and some of the new updates that airlines and other restaurants and, and other people are doing in office settings as well. A COVID update on what's going on when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Ah, it's Pride Month. That's right. And your little feather boa is sitting over there in your closet, all sad and going, Use me! I'm so lonely! Well, here's the good news. You can put that feather boa around your neck, take a picture, upload it at wearechannelq.com, and we will give you a way to celebrate your pride at home with our big event curbside pride this year we are doing pride curbside we are bringing pride to you right to your lawn if you upload a picture or video on wearechannelq.com and you are one of those first 50 uploads we will give you a channel q lawn sign very exciting window hangers channel q t-shirts a channel q mask i don't have one of those neither does james neither does producer jesse i'm just going to venture to say i don't know about the new kitten but Anyone who can get their hands on a Channel Q mask is going to, I guarantee you that will go to good use. And of course, an opportunity to be on the air with us, which, you know, hey, that's why that's the end of the list. I'm just letting you know. Go to (laughs) wearechannelq.com, upload your picture and or your video and follow us on socials at wearechannelq and celebrate pride with us and use the hashtag Channel Q curbside pride. James, COVID is still happening. A lot of people are not wanting to really deal with it any longer. They are, quote, over it. But COVID is not necessarily over us, and that's why it's important we let you know what the hell is going on. So, James, take it away. Well, I think the the two most interesting things that have happened is that in, in the last few days, a couple of study results of studies have been released. One as a study done by 23andMe. Yes, the company that you sent in to see where where your ancestry is from. Uh, so I say caution, you know, 
that no one's checking the academic rigor of 23andMe's, like, you know, uh, research study. But what is really interesting about this is they have a lot of people who participate in this. So they basically just did a big survey and they looked at about 10,000 of their uh, respondents on 23andMe to see who had COVID-19. And so this, for them, they're doing a susceptibility test. So all they were looking for is, is there genetic variability in who is more susceptible to getting COVID-19 and getting sick from it. What they found was that type O, so if you have a blood type type O, you are 9 to 18% less likely to contract COVID-19 than everybody else. Woo! Just What about O-neg? Uh, O's in general. O-neg will positive. Okay. So yeah. not special. No, no, no. Just, just O. Just O. Okay. Everybody else... There was really no difference. Now, all this is, is we don't know what genetic variation there is. If there's an actual genetic variation, we don't know that this to, this to be fact. I want to be, make it very, very clear with everyone. 23andMe has just said, listen, we have this database of a lot of people. We might as well put it to some good use. So while we have this database, let's ask these 10,000 individuals, a certain number who had COVID and they uh, matched it with their blood types. And what they found was if they, even if they removed previous health conditions, age, um, geographic region, they removed all these other like variables. They still found that people with blood type O, so O positive or, or, or O negative were nine to 18% less likely to actually get COVID-19. So it could be protective. So interesting, way more that we need to know before we can start making like you know medical decisions about this absolutely but it is nice to know 23andme has broken up a lot of families by uncovering a lot of their family secrets which probably made for an uncomfortable quarantine for a lot of families it's nice to know that they're trying to do something good for the COVID <laughs> pandemic <laughs> to, br- to bring everybody back together yes to bring um, everyone back together it's like yeah like, but you both have oh huh? yeah, uh, hey, huh? we're nine to eighteen percent protected i guess against this um, it's better than zero. Yeah. So, it, well, yeah. I mean, that's that's actually statistically, when you're talking about research, statistically, that's actually a really big percentage. So there's another study that was done for patients in Italy and Spain. And this one, I think, is maybe even more interesting because there's a little bit more sort of academic rigor behind this one. Essentially, what they did is they looked at the they were they're checking, looking at the genes of individuals based on blood type. And what these researchers using patients from Italy and Spain found is that if you have type A blood, so A positive, A negative, and it's A, B, H, R, O, all that kind of stuff, right? But if you're type A blood, you have a 50%, 5-0 increase in the likelihood that you might need a ventilator if you got COVID-19. Oh, man. Yeah. So it that's, seems a, like- that's an even higher percentage. Yeah, compared to 918 like and you said that was high well but they're they're different tests so the 918 right. is just the ability to are you going to get COVID-19 the other research which is much more academic is saying that of this group of patients that we saw people with type A blood that who all have COVID-19 people with type A blood were 50% more likely to get sick enough to need to be put on a ventilator and I don't even know what blood type, like, what does a blood type, how do you even determine that? Like, what makes your blood different? 
It's it's a oh it's a whole like uh like how what how the molecules gonna kind of fuse together and what it's very it's kind of hard to explain. You have twenty seconds. Go. You have to, you have twenty <laughs> seconds to explain it. Essentially, what it means is that you you just need to know why it's important to us. Really, is that you need to know what kind of blood you can receive or cannot receive. Right. Um, and lots of people go into these things about how oh your different blood types mean you gain weight this way and you lose weight this way. There may be some genetic. Um, information that is different for individuals with different types of blood types, which is why people lump genetics and blood types together. But long story short, people are trying to figure out if there's some genetic variations in COVID-19 for individuals. It looks like maybe there is, but it's way, way, way too early to make any sort of like hard and fast decisions about this. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk to Dr. Jen. Earlier this week, we were chatting about friendships and how a lot of them are breaking up this year due to all kinds of things. I mean, there's a million reasons in 2020 that you could be maybe drifting apart from some of your friends. We'll talk about what that means and when to call it quits if to, and if to call it quits with Dr. Jen when we come back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. It's Drop the Subject. Yes, you've reached us. Welcome. It's Allie and James Simmons here with you. And also joining us is Dr. Jen Mann, our favorite licensed psychotherapist who always gives us all kinds of great information from a mental health standpoint. And we wanted to ask you first, how, how are you, Dr. Jen? I am hanging in there. You know, these are pretty somber times, but, you know, doing my best to practice what I preach and do good self-care and spend time with my family and do things that, you know, help relax me when I'm not busy doing laundry and working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which takes up a lot. I mean, you, you're, you work so much. I mean, you're on, you're like, Oh yeah, I have to go do this video appearance on this thing and this thing. And then I got much, I mean, you're doing all kinds of different things. So I'm <laughs> always glad that we get to talk to you for a little bit on Fridays. Dr. Jen, we wanted to ask you this week about, you know, we've talked a lot about how, quarantine and just the happenings of this year in general have affected people's romantic relationships. But James and I were talking earlier this week about friendships and what to do if you and your friend or friends start drifting apart because everyone's handling these things differently. In a lot of ways, it shows people's true colors. And what if you start realizing that maybe those core values that you have as friends are a little different? Is it the same as as romantic relationships? What's your take on it? I'm seeing a lot of this. And I think that there are a few different categories of friendship reevaluations that are being done. You know, one is that in all of this, we are kind of reevaluating and looking at what's really important, what are our priorities, what are our values, and kind of looking at, are these friends in line with what's really important to us now? You know, what we were looking for in a friend was really different before a pandemic. It might have been someone who loves to go to clubs, loves to go dancing, loves to watch the same movies. And now it's all about who do you want to FaceTime with? Who do you want to have conversations with? Who do you have deep and meaningful connections with? So I think that a lot of people are kind of cleaning out house. I think also there is, I'm seeing a lot of people who are having conflicts with their friends about quarantine and COVID. That people have kind of different levels of quarantine and are sometimes losing respect for their friends because maybe they're being careless or reckless or judging their friends for being too conservative and overly cautious. So I'm seeing a lot of clashes when it comes to these things. But I do think that at the end of the day, we really have to look at 
who are the people who we have great conversations with, who add to our lives, who call us out on our stuff, who we enjoy just talking with and who bring value to our lives. I think that bringing value is such a, a an interesting point. And I, something I wrestle with uh, Dr. Jen a lot is that I feel like I, I am someone who can be that person to have really good, insightful conversations with other individuals who might think differently than I do, particularly around race. And I'm tired of doing that. <laughs> I'm tired. I, I feel like I'm like 42 years old and I've been doing it since the day I was born. And so, but I, what I wrestle with is that, but this is how we move forward, right? This is how we have conversation. This is how we get better. And so uh, how, what do you say to individuals like me who are like, I'm tired of having to do this, but I feel like I also have to, because this is how we're going to go forward. And oh, by the way, this same friend has been posting stupid racist stuff on my Facebook page for 12 years. Like, do I bother or do I just delete? I think that you always have to put gasoline in the tank before you can drive. Mm. So I think that being able to take care of yourself first and find that balance of, yes, look, you're doing, when you're doing that, you're, you're being of service. You're being of service to the community. You're being of service to the cause that's very different than just a pure friendship that is a mutually beneficial friendship with someone who's morally and ethically on a similar or the same page as you. That's about educating and teaching and sharing, but you have to take care of yourself first. That all of that stuff is great. And you're, you're right. It's people don't get educated without people educating, but at the same time, you can't educate so much that you deplete yourself and then you break down personally because of your own poor self-care that you have to, to put that first. And, and you know, we, you mentioned calling each other out. And I think that's also, you know, what you're speaking a little bit about, James, when you're really close with somebody and you're seeing, say, somebody living in a, like this bubble where they just don't want to deal with stuff or you know, they're not taking quarantine seriously or whatever. Do you be a good friend and tell them or do you walk away? It's just such a tough thing to navigate. And I think what people end up doing is just ghosting their friends. And that doesn't seem like a good solution either. I agree with you completely. And I think that sometimes it's easier to just avoid the conflict. Right. I think that, you know, look, when I became a therapist, like I remember being in grad school and really making a conscious choice that I realized I'm going to be giving advice all day long for the foreseeable future. And not everybody's going to want that advice. The people come in my office who are paying me for that advice, they're going to want that advice. But people in my personal life aren't necessarily going to want that. And so what I trained myself to do is, well, to shut up a lot, <laughs> but also to ask the question, do you want my advice on this? And I think it's different when we're talking about educating people about race and yeah. Use. For but sure. when someone is just kind of complaining to you about their husband, their boyfriend, their wife, their girlfriend, and you're sometimes they just want to vent and you end up putting yourself in one of those positions where you're depleting your own energy reserve when you're giving advice that people don't want. And then you just, you feel like you're hitting your head against a wall. I think there are certain issues that I think for all of us where we hear someone say something and we just have to say something, whether it's about rape or about COVID or about something that is dangerous. If we feel that our friend is making such a massive error in thinking or doing something that 
actually puts them in jeopardy, then we kind of have to speak up. Yeah, it's it's tough to navigate. When we come back, I want to ask. Uh, we're going we're talking to Dr. Jen Mann about how uh, COVID and just the goings on, the protests, everything. How all of the goings on of 2020 have affected our friendships. More with Dr. Jen when we return. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. And we're back. It's Drop the Subject with Allie and James Simmons, nurse practitioner, who is a doctor. I'm talking to another doctor, Dr. Jen Mann, a licensed psychotherapist and a good friend. And speaking of good friends, we're talking about friendships and how they're being affected by everything that's happening in 2020 and beyond. Have you ever, similar to couples counseling, ever given friend counseling? Um, I have. I have definitely, look, for sure, in individual therapy, people talk about their friends, and that's an important topic because what we do in our relationships, whether it's our friendships or romantic relationships, we tend to kind of do everywhere. So we're the the consistent piece. And I've had friends come in to do like a couple session to work through a conflict that they've had together. I love that. I I know. I want to do that. I know. I never thought about, well, Allie, what are you doing on Tuesday? Oh, are we there yet? Okay. We're already there. Okay. (laughs) We're there. We're there already. Oh my Allie. And it's only been a few months. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, No, I think, I think this is a really, really great concept. And there is something to the, you know, the emotionality that we put into the words that we see on social media, uh, you know, kind of where this conversation started about you're reading something, what someone says on social media, but you're not hearing that you're not seeing their face, you're not reading their body language, you're not hearing the tonality in their voice, all of those different things. How does that work then, Dr. Jen? Let's say you go to see a friend on Facebook or Instagram, and all of a sudden, it's like, do you want to follow this person? Or would you like to be friends with this person? Meaning they've unfriended you already. And then you're like, wait, what did I do? Hold on. How do do you approach that? At least in terms of like your self-care, first of all. And then if you, you know, just sort of your thoughts about approaching that with the other person that you, you might be the one that got unfriended. Well, I think that if it's someone that you care about and they've unfriended you, I think to send them a text message and just say, hey, I noticed that we're no longer Facebook friends. Wasn't sure if it was an accident. Wasn't sure if maybe I said something to offend you. I care about you. Let me know if you have time to talk because I want to know what's going on. I know that I've had glitches where like my Instagram or Facebook or Twitter has dropped people that I didn't intend to get dropped. So first I'd say give them the benefit of the doubt, but then you want to check in. Have I done or said something to offend you? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Dr. Jen, sort of related to this, what about making new friends? Because I learned from Girl Scouts that you can make new friends but keep the old because the newer <laughs> silver and the older gold. But gold. if you realize your old ones are just crappy <laughs> copper that's rusted, what do you do? How do you make new friends right now in the time of COVID and as an adult? <laughs> I literally sang that song to my daughter yesterday and they looked at me. <laughs> they were like, you're crazy. <laughs> oh my God, that's so great. And that, of course, we all know it from before. Did we just age ourselves that much? My totally. I know. And you know, there are people listening who are like, what's that? What's yeah. <laughs> I think that it is a tough time to be making friends just because there's a lack of opportunity. But I do think that when your friends are doing a FaceTime cocktail hour, encourage them to invite someone that that you don't know and encourage them to open up the circle. You know, also there, a lot of the time there are people who we encounter 
on a more superficial level somewhere in our life, whether it's work or the gym or somewhere, but we don't pursue it because we don't normally have time. This is a good time to reach out to that person and say, hey, you know, want to do a FaceTime dinner together or want to do a, a Zoom cocktails. So you can kind of create those connections from afar and talked about this before, but it's very similar this is a great time to date if you're looking for a meaningful relationship. And it's also in the same vein. It's the same. It's a great time to make friends because you can't do the things that distract you in your friendships. You can't right. go out. You can't go see a movie because it's hard to tell if you really are developing a friendship when you're sitting in front of a screen and watching something with someone. But right now it's all, it's real. It's in our face. Like okay. it's all about connection and words and talking and do we connect and do we have chemistry it's so true because the conversations that you have with the friends that you normally hang out with in person like i'm thinking of younger me and the friends that i had in college most of whom were like eh, let's get high together and laugh about stuff and watch family guy and then if i were to have zoom conversations with those people now i'd be like mm. So remember that time we got high and watched <laughs> right. Family Guy. <laughs> so I guess you think about what is this friend really doing for me? What and you know it goes back to what you were saying before, which is like, what am I looking for in a friend? Because some people you're just hanging out with for certain reasons, and there you wonder where the friendship part even comes into play. And and it's a great time to reevaluate and reassess, and kind of you know we can we can demote someone without even having a conversation with them from friend to acquaintance. You know, right. I can think I, I had a friend in college and I remember kind of when I was training to become a therapist and having that realization of like, I'm going to be spending a lot of time giving to people. So I need to really take much better care of myself. And, you know, this friend of mine, she's so nice, just the nicest person. And we did a lot of fun activities together, but I really thought about, who do, would I go to for advice for me? Right. Like, at, like, not just as a therapist, just as a person. Like, whose advice do I respect? And that became part of my litmus test of who I really kept in the closer circle of my friends. Do I respect this person's advice? Do I, do I feel like I can really connect with them? Can I trust them? Could I share something really vulnerable and personal with them and then get back advice that really called me on my stuff and was honest and supportive and loving. Hmm. I love, I love the litmus test too. the, the old, you know, analogies too, of like, it's time to clean your closets and maybe also clean out your closets and also just rearrange them. Sometimes yes. it's more about just rearranging and not totally cleaning out and donating. Dr. Jen, man, we always love having you on every Friday. You can find Dr. Jen online at Dr. Jen, man, that is two ends on Jen two ends on man author of the relationship fix and about a billion other awesome articles in style magazine. You've seen her on TV. You've heard her on our show. Dr. Jen, thank you so much. Thank you. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject on the new channel Q. Closing out your, well, it's 12 o'clock here, but it might be two o'clock elsewhere. It might be on a podcast, but, uh, we still want to know how you're celebrating your digital digital pride. Now that I, I can't even say it the wrong way now, Allie, even though, I'm, even though I'm trying. Yes, your digital pride. Uh, head on over to wearechannelq.com and upload a picture or a video letting us know how you are celebrating your digital, digital pride. 
If you do, you get a Q curbside pride pack with a lawn sign, window hangers, Channel Q t-shirt, and face mask. Ha ha. Uh, some fun games and, of course, an opportunity to be on air with Channel Q to share what pride means to you. Don't forget to use the hashtag Channel Q curbside pride when you t- show us what you're doing on the socials. Bam. Yeah, nicely done. Nicely done in this digital age. Digital. Speaking of digital, we got Um, a digital email submission from a listener who had something to say about our conversation yesterday regarding whether you feel comfortable in a bathing suit that has stars and stripes on it. Additionally, do you shy away from buying things with stars and stripes on them because of what the American flag represents to you? Some people, and we we both felt this way, was that if you're, uh, hey, I've got American flags all over everything, it somehow feels like it's got this conservative message to it. It seems to have gone in that direction, even though that's not necessarily what it means to others. Sure. And J- this uh, girl, this woman, Jill, wrote into us uh, saying that she does wear bathing suits with stars and stripes on it, and here's why. She says, here's me. I'm real, I'm a stoner, I'm bisexual, and I'm half Jewish, half Catholic. My life it has been all over, very well-rounded, but the flag is important to me because I spent three years in Germany at the end of the Cold War, and I was an armed guard. With that said, uh, our world's, uh, I guess she experienced a lot of different people from all over the world when she was traveling abroad she says that um she saw all kinds of people in uh, especially blacks fighting for this country when i was in germany and at that time lgbt wasn't in the military i don't have anything to compare that to i was also on a, uh, a drill team where we would celebrate fourth of july every year you can be gay and celebrate the fourth of july can't you but as far as the confederate flag is concerned f that yeah, I mean, I I stand for all of this. Uh, I, I 100% agree. I definitely think that there's, uh, you know, I definitely was never trying to say at any point that I don't celebrate the 4th of July. And I actually am pretty fiercely patriotic. I wouldn't give a, if I didn't give a damn about my country, I wouldn't give a damn about all this stuff. I think that's a, sort of a misnomer, right? That people are like, well, yeah. you're one of these people and you're not patriotic. No, I'm, I'm like hyper patriotic because I want my country to be better. I just don't, I just feel bad that the right side and the conservative people have taken the flag. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, you know, after we talked about this, so thank you, Jill, always for writing in. Absolutely. Um, yesterday uh, after the show, I went for a little walk and I saw uh, a house that had an American flag hanging. You know how some houses have that little flagpole and they just hang it on the outside of their door. And I was like that. I don't like I, I wouldn't look at that and be like, those people are super conservative. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't. But then there are others. I think when you've got an actual gigantic flagpole. Mm. <laughs> Maybe that's an extra layer <laughs> of I mean, like, saw, all right, you I, went through the trouble of getting in and like you have so much that you had to get the flag on a pole and do it real high. And then there's usually a couple <laughs> other flags as well on there. <laughs> Right, right. You're like, uh, I don't know. Even I think, and maybe this is my upbringing in the Midwest and just being really hyper in tune with all of these things and being black and whatever. But I, even just the like the casual, nice American flag hanging outside of your on your porch, still you makes, still 
still, makes, still you, makes me nervous. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I was walking around in um, a different area where uh, it's a smaller part of it's like one of those little sub cities down here where it's kind of rural. It almost uh-huh. feels like you're in a different state. And I saw in their little downtown area rainbows all over their storefronts. And I was like, man, I guess this is like the gay neighborhood. That's so cool. And then my friend who lived there was like, no, no, no. That was like a COVID thing. What? (laughs) Where it was like, we're putting rainbows. I'm like, we're all together and we're all family and we're going to get through this. And I was like, well, if they don't want gays walking in there, they should probably take all the rainbows off of their storefronts because (laughs) that's what I think is that that's a place for me. That is a cafe for me to give side eye to some some lesbians with some fedoras on. So um, (laughs) everything does have a meaning. I appreciate you writing in, Jill. And um, I I probably still will not be donning a Stars and Stripe bikini, but um, that's besides the point. We always want to hear from you if you have any other thoughts and comments and questions at DTS Show. We will be right back with more. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. That's correct. Italian James hanging with you. We're happy that you're hanging out with us. Have you started drinking yet? I'm literally looking at the clock today. Like, I don't know why this day I'm like, can I please? Also, my wife has had her whole first week at work at her new job and she's been gone all week. So during the days I've been alone. And for some reason, like, it almost feels like my wife's on vacation. And I feel like, Woo! you know, like, she's not going to be home till five. I want to oh have God, a little buzz going yeah. by then. So you're going to be like, like passed out on the couch by the time Katie gets home at like 3 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> well, she passes out so early now. I mean, she's working nine to five. Like she's never, she's kind of never done that before. <laughs> she's always had a job that had flexible hours. So at like eight, she's like, I love you. I'm so sorry. I'm <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I will continue to play Candy Crush. Anyway, um, let's talk about Splash Mountain because Splash Mountain. Cancel. Uh, Cancel. It Cancel. might be can- well. You know, it's being demanded that Splash Mountain be rethemed. And as we shared with you yesterday, Disneyland has announced their opening, their reopening dates, at least in California. I believe it's going to be mid July, July seventeenth, something like that. Mm-hmm. Now. Because of everything else that's going on, there have been a lot of questions raised about Splash Mountain, the ride, because that ride is based on the movie Song of the South, which was made in 1947 and is set on a plantation just after slavery ended. And it is about, and I don't know, you've seen the movie, I have not. Yeah, I've just been on the ride, and I've, I've gone on the ride before and been like, what the hell is this? Like, it's one of those rides where I didn't really know what the context of it was. We're just like, okay, there's a bunch of animals, and like, it seems kind of racist what's happening, but I don't really know the background, so I guess I'll just go down this waterfall and whatever. <laughs> but when you actually really look at, which we should be looking into this stuff now, like, I, I'm taking responsibility, like, I need to get educated about this because I didn't even know this movie was a, a thing, and you've seen it before, but uh, do you remember what it's about? Yeah, I mean, I I, I rem- certainly remember the zippity doo da zippity. I definitely remember that song, uh, and it sticks in your head. And it's it's one of was one of those Disney movies that's a mix of like live action and animation. Like the like the live action people are talking to the animation, but there's this whole like Uncle Remus is the is the main character who's like telling stories to this young white boy, and it's sort of like. Like uh, looking nostalgically back on those days when I was still on the plantation, when I was still a slave and like this, the good old days and like all of this stuff. And you're like, okay, this just is like, not only does it perpetuate this character of this like Uncle Remus. Right. 
but uh, who's like a mammy type of character, right? Totally. Uh, but then, and are the and so are the cartoon characters. Yeah, yeah, the cartoon characters are super. It's just, it's just really not appropriate. And even, <laughs> even yeah. when it came out, the NAACP was like, "Uh, what are y'all doing?" Like. <laughs> And that was no. 19, right, 1946 or 47 is when the movie came out. And then they made the ride in 1989. But this is the song. Everything's so happy. Wonderful feeling, feeling this way. And you're kind of going through the little log ride. And you're like, oh, we're going to get slashed. And what's going to happen? And then you, you see these quotes written by Uncle Remus. And you're like, mm, that's weird. And so they're asking for this to be re themed, which totally makes sense. I don't understand why even in 1989, they were like, let's make a whole ride about this movie. About <laughs> You're this like, movie, right. um, got it. So there have been a lot of suggestions as to what the Splash Mountain ride should be rethemed as. And the number one suggestion, at least on Twitter that I'm seeing is Princess and the Frog, which makes a, t- a lot of sense. You got to p- put that setting right there on the bayou. Hello. I mean, it would be great. I also feel like uh, from what you guys are telling me from the ride and whatever, it might not be that hard to retheme it. No. In the right way. It wouldn't. But right. Uh, Disney's first and only, I believe so far, Black Princess needs a damn ride. <laughs> like, let's not have the horribly racist. Like, you got this guy singing about a wonderful feeling, wonderful day about being on the plantation where he was a slave. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, and he's just so happy. And it says, this is the wiki description of of the plot of the movie. Um, uh, So Uncle Remus is telling stories to this kid, Johnny, uh, this white kid, who is visiting his grandmother's plantation for an extended stay. And Uncle Remus takes joy in here, uh, tells Johnny his tales and adventures of Br'er Rabbit to cope with the challenges he is experiencing while living on the plantation. So it's about Johnny having a p- trouble living on this plantation and Uncle Remus comforting him with these stories of Br'er Rabbit. The plantation so, where Uncle Remus was once previously was property. Slave. Right. Property. Yeah. Like that's no, no. I, who thought this was a good idea even in 1989 to make a ride based off of this? I can't. Exactly. And the ride is, is, it seems as though, and there's some interesting information about how they market this ride because they, they try not to mention the movie too much. And it's more about the cartoon <laughs> characters. They're just like, here's cartoon characters. And oh, this bear's butt has bees all over it. And you know, it's Whoa. just like funny, zany c- cartoons and shenanigans, but it, they don't really push the movie too much but just removing the movie from the narrative doesn't mean that the problems with the movie and the ride itself are not still there so and there are several rides at disney that still make no sense to me it's a small world i don't know what the hell that is it's one of the most disturbing rides and i know people get all pissy when you change the themes of the rides but there are some rides that just are strange and you're like i don't know what world this was made in but it's not like it's gotta go I mean, this it's like is, Toontown. It's just got to go. It's just right. You, well, you bring up this point about like we as human beings just don't do change very well. And so we. Yeah, I know it's racist, but it's been there for forever. But it's this Splash is Mountain, tra- right? This is tradition, right? It's Splash Mountain. Like, no, no, no. That's not how this works. Also, 
that is a form of privilege where I don't care who you are when you're like, well, this doesn't have to change because it's like with people with the Confederate flag, for instance, like, well, that that's my heritage. That's my history. No, it's not. It needs to change. You can be proud of your Southern history without flying a Confederate flag. You can go to Disney and get wet without going on racist splash. <laughs> right, exactly. And if 10 year old me was going on that ride going, this doesn't seem right. Then yeah, hello. <laughs> that, you know, I'm sure there's a 10 year old kid that j- just wrote it a couple months ago and it's like, what is happening? So that's also kids get influenced by stuff like that. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about the GOP. I know. And the RNC and other acronyms that might piss you off. We'll be right back with Drop the President. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject. It's Friday. It's Allie and James. And you wouldn't you love to participate in Pride with us? Yes, you would. It's not going to be. Is there going to be less floats? I will I will admit. But the good news <laughs> is that you can celebrate Pride in your own home with Curbside Pride. That's what we're doing here on Channel Q this month. You can celebrate Pride with us curbside using the hashtag Channel Q Curbside Pride. Here's how you participate. All you have to do is take a little photo or video on your phone. I'm sure you do that plenty of times in one day. So just... Upload a video or a photo of you expressing your pride this year. That's all you have to do in order to participate. Just go to wearechannelq.com and upload that picture or video. And the first 50 uploads get an incredible prize pack to hook you up with Q's Q's curbside pride. You get a Channel Q lawn sign. You get some window hangers. You get all the decorations, games, Channel Q mask. Okay, Channel Q t-shirt, an opportunity to hang on the air with us. All exciting stuff just for uploading a video or a picture of how you're celebrating your pride. So go to wearechannelq.com to upload, and you can always follow us at wearechannelq. Now, the GOP, the RNC, there have been some developments when it comes to the, the GOP platform and what they are standing for in the 2020 election. It looks a lot like what they were standing for in the 2016 election, which has some problems attached to it. Let's drop the president. Drop the president. We learned that the RNC convention will take place in Jacksonville as opposed to, it was going to take place in Charlotte, right? Yep. And uh, the North Carolina governor was like, well, yeah, we can still have it here. That's fine. He's Democratic, by the way. We said, we can still have it here. That's fine. But we got to do social distancing and all this stuff. And and he was like, no, the RNC and Trump are not having it. They want big crowds. They want them all smashed together. Optics matter. Mm -hmm, Exactly. So then they made an announcement that he will accept the GOP nomination in Jacksonville, but the Jacksonville mayor has said we will put the safety of people first and is allegedly not making any safety promises when it comes to the Republican National Convention. So we will see, of of course, having a big, large event in that city is beneficial to the city. But if COVID-19 presents challenges, he says we will put the safety of the people first. Now, what is going on with the GOP platform or the RNC platform because I hear the word platform and it's triggering because if you have a platform I feel like that word gets kind of thrown around and this is a platform in the very traditional sense so what is the platform saying and what are some of the problems that it's still presenting four years later right well I wish I could remember what Regina or what what was that movie where they're there it's like student council they filmed the movie in Omaha and Matthew Broderick was in it ah what is that name of that movie we're all running for student council and they all have like ridiculous platforms election 
maybe it's election. Yeah. With and Reese they, Witherspoon? Yeah, with Reese Witherspoon. There yeah. you go. And and but everyone has these platforms. Like I'm running on a platform of change, or like I'm gonna make sure your trash gets picked up every Tuesday by nine a.m. Like whatever, right? So uh, the Republicans have a platform for their whole entire party, and it is this ginormous, you know, fifty some odd page document or whatever that it gets re voted on every convention. So what we hear about the Democratic and the and the Republican national conventions are like we're electing our official candidate, or we're we're you know putting forward our official candidate. Yes, that's true. There's also lots of other business that gets done for the party at these things, including what is their particular platform and the party's stance on certain issues. Well, COVID, where's the convention going to happen? All of these other things, I, I would guess, like to think that the Republicans have been paying attention to the recent protests. Oh, yeah, you would think. You would think. Um, All of these things, blink, 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 have prevented the Republican National Committee from being able to update its 2016 platform and have a new 2020 platform. So instead, the Republican National Committee voted, this was on Wednesday, they voted Wednesday night, to just keep the 2016 platform. Just roll with it. Let's just keep this thing that we've already had. And so in there, it it keeps some very, very pretty antiquated things, even for the Republican Party, because so much has changed in the last four years, but including the Republican Party's opposition to same-sex marriage. Um, there's a nod to gay conversion therapy in there. Um, there are There's no new positions then on things like police reform, gender identity, trans bans. You know, tra- yeah, there was a, you know, they, they were fully against trans individuals being in the military that we know that's, that's changed since 2016. Like also there, you know, they're, they're one of their big platforms was, uh, uh, trying to outlaw third trimester abortions, like all of these different things oh, that were yeah. happening right on their platform. They're just going to keep it. There's also a lot of mentions in the way, uh, in this platform, by the way, this big document, which you can find online, uh, where they're like, you know, the the ineptitude and the failures of our current president, right? <laughs> Who at the at the time, at the time was Obama, Barack Obama, right? So and it's now, like now is trashing now Donald trashing Trump inadvertently. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's that's just awesome. if you look at any document from four years ago, you're like, man, this is so. It seems like it might as well be forty years ago. It just seems like so much yeah. has changed in the last four years. So to see anything stand four years later and they're like, this is what we're going with. This is this is it. This is the whole platform. You're like, even if the Democrats were going to do that, it's like, no, man, yep. so much has changed. You can't can't yep. do that. You got to move fast these days. They um, also just uh, before we leave, Ali, the GOP has also just today um, announced about how they feel like Donald Trump has been the most pro-gay president in America's history. <laughs> so just add that on to the things that the uh, wow. RNC is, is claiming wow. this week. Yeah, it's fantastic. Cool. Wow, great. Well, News It or Lose It is on deck, so at least there's that, right? 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 Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. 
Drop the subject on the new Channel Q. It's Friday, and we're going to get you out of here, but not before a little news it or lose it. And this time, I am in charge. I have picked three stories. Allie Johnson has three decisions to make about whether you get to hear these stories or not. Allie, are you prepared with your binger, banger, dinger, clinger? Oh, oh. <laughs> That one was, we were great all week. It was like such good, like binger, banger, dinger, clanger action all week. Hey, a candle. Hold on. I got two spoons. I can play the spoons. I got, there you go. Boom, 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 boom. Headline number one that you can play the spoons to. Missing drag shows. Las Vegas plays host to drive-in drag theater. Cool. I'm gonna... Where, are we spooning? Are we spooning? Spooning's uh, hard. Good. Spooning spooning is very difficult. Um, headline number two. Where'd it go? There we go. Headline number two. Florida observes Pulse Remembrance Day on the fourth anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting. Oh. This is sad. Yeah. Um, but I will news it. Okay. And last but certainly not least, Beauty Insider... In I start again. Beauty industry insiders spill even more hot tea on um, Leah Michelle. Leah Michelle's toxic behavior. Yeah. All right. All right. So sure. Why the two. hell not? Lay them on me. We'll do all Put three. We'll do down. these two, and then let's talk about Pulse a little bit at the end. So uh, this Leah Michelle long story short. So apparently in 2012 she was signed onto a million dollar deal to be the face of L'Oreal. Yeah, they dropped her. And you're right. So she apparently part of it was because she was a bit of a diva. So she was supposed to come in, answer like five questions about her, like makeup, hair care routine, like this whole thing. Apparently after two questions, she just got up and left. And so like a full, I live young on the tears of my cast members. Right, right, right. So like uh, full production suite, everyone's there, lights, camera, action. And she literally sat there for two questions and got up and left. Uh, now, hell, other man? other people who were there say we don't remember her being a diva. We do remember her leaving early. So I suppose it depends on what your slant on this is. But yeah, more keeps coming out. <laughs> this is not a crown that Leah Michelle ever wanted, but she has certainly taken the crown from Ellen recently as to people coming out of the woodwork to talk some mess about her. Well, it's it. These stories are so much more specific. And yes. it seems that Ellen was more like, yeah, she wasn't very nice to me. Yeah, she wouldn't even say anything to me. Kind of stuff like that. And it's because she per put out this persona of being so nice and so kind to everybody. So that was more like just a breaking of the facade. I've heard rumors and stories about Leah Michelle for a long time. She seems like true, true inside and out diva material where you've got like uh. real solid stories and accounts of like she threatened to crap in my wig. She did that. You know, uh -huh. you've got to actually got some some legs there. Yeah, like very, very specific things about that. So uh, I'm sure there will be more to come uh, from Leah's past. Listen, Vegas was one of the places that got hit probably the hardest with with businesses being shut down in COVID-19, right? Like that, that it's a major metropolitan area is almost completely dependent upon tourism dollars and the gaming industry and shows, whatever. So individuals have tried to come up with other ways to, to continue to enter entertain folks, especially now that Vegas is reopening and, uh, edit the entertainer host of Cirque du Soleil's Zumanity has started 
a dreamland drive-in with drag queens, dancers, and general shenanigans that is taking place at one of the like outdoor studio venues in Las Vegas. So you can roll up in your car, you get drinks delivered, and people scream out the windows, honk their horns, and act like crazy and as obnoxious as they can while the performers perform up on a stage far away from everybody else. I am totally in, Allie, for a drive-in drag show. This is the perfect combination between the 1950s and 2020. (laughs) Right. I think it's great. I mean, it's like, go to a basically a drive-in type thing where you're driving into a show, but you're getting drag queen theater. And if they're on rollerblades, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I mean, this is just (laughs) seems like sober or drunk. This would just be a damn blast. Yeah, it would be an an absolute uh, amazing, amazing time. Let's go. I know. I'm in. Let's go. Let's we'll drive to Vegas and go do some outdoor uh, drag queening stuff. Now, Governor Ron DeSantis has come under a lot of fire for his handling or mishandling of COVID-19 throughout the last months. And Florida has certainly uh, been a hotbed of uh, interesting sort of experiments with cases or whatever. But uh, Governor Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is actually doing something really cool today. Uh, He has declared June 12th. Pulse Remembrance Day. Oh, that's oh, so it's today. Wow. It was today. Yeah. The uh, the shooting was four years ago today um, on June 12th, 2016. It's one of the worst mass shootings, of course, in U.S. history. Forty nine individuals died at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando. Um, he also has ordered flags to be uh, flown at half mast. Um, and that there was a, a moment of silence was taken in the state earlier on. Um, of course, this was at the time, unfortunately, the worst mass shooting in U.S. history um, when Omar Mateen um, died in a, a shootout with police after he went into the bar and opened fire. It was really it was an awful it was horrific. And then Awful. people couldn't donate blood. You know, gay people in the gay community couldn't men couldn't donate blood to help their own yeah. Brothers and sisters. When hospitals were overwhelmed with victims. Yeah. And, and needed and, blood. Know, yeah. And it was 49 people who died, but there were hundreds of other who were, who were injured and including police officers and, and everything. It was a it was a really obviously horrible, tragic day, not only just in the lives of LGBTQ individuals, but all, everyone in the United States. Um, so our hearts to everyone who um, who was touched by this, which I think is really everyone. And in particular, um, as we remember that there are people out there who are still attacking our family. Um, there was actually a report of uh, Raya Milton, a 25-year-old black transgender woman who was killed in Ohio two yeah, nights ago. Yeah, I heard about that. It's terrible. Um, so the fight continues and and we have to keep going, Allie. Yeah, absolutely we do. And we will still have pride for who we are and we want you to celebrate with us. We'll tell you how to do that when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. This is it. This is the last time in the show today on Friday. You're listening to Drop the Subject, by the way. I'm Allie. She's James. That we... <laughs> are going to encourage you and remind you that we are doing Pride in a little bit of a different way. We're doing Digital Pride this year. You're going to use hashtag Channel Q Curbside Pride when you are going to take a picture or a video of how you're celebrating Pride. We want to see it. We want to hear from you. We want to see your rainbow thongs and your rainbow face masks and that feather boa that Allie had earlier. Allie, what was the feather boa voice? A feather boa voice? I don't recall uh-huh. a voice. You did You did a voice with a feather boa earlier in the show. <laughs> sure. You were like, oh, please take me out of the closet and wear me. <laughs> oh, please. I want to go 
actually be on a flute. Yeah. I don't remember. So anyway, we want to see you with your feather boa. Uh, go ahead and upload that. If you do, uh, upload at weirdchannelq.com. When you do, uh, the first... Up 50 uploads, get a Q curbside pride pack, lawn signs, window signs, window hangers, Channel Q t-shirts, and a Channel Q face mask, which is super fun, uh, games, and an opportunity to be on the air with Channel Q to share what pride means to you. Hashtag Channel Q curbside pride. It is the time for happy endings. I wonder if those Channel Q face masks uh, say that they're giving everyone a voice on them. Be kind of ironic to see that as a face mask is covering someone's face <laughs> as they're covering their mouth right? <laughs> and they're like we're covering my voice you're like what you're doing what <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah let's get into some happy endings we did all kinds of stuff on the show today we talked to dr jen about friendships we talked to jason carter about kelly clarkson and all of the cop shows being canceled also, celebrities and Instagram influencers who are missing the mark when it comes to showing solidarity with Black Lives Matter. We talked about Paw Patrol and Splash Mountain. We talked about people you at least want to have lunch with. So many things to draw from for happy endings. And if you missed any of those things, download the podcast, drop the subject, which is wherever you find your podcasts, hopefully radio.com, because that does our company lots of favors. Anyway, what is your happy ending, James, to get us into this weekend? So... All week long, actually for a couple of weeks, we have been talking about people's apologies. In fact, we did a whole two segments on how to apologize better and what are bad apologies. And my happy ending for you, Allie Johnson, is that our current queen supreme of bad apologies has a better apology. No way. Hannah Brown does? It's pretty darn good. (laughs) She was on IG Live uh to like last night and uh had some conversations with some people and she just she poured out her heart and soul about kind of everything that's going on and she said some of the conversations that i've had the past few weeks have been really uncomfortable with people that i love who i know are good people but that's also what i've learned is just because you're nice doesn't mean you're not racist Wow. I wholeheartedly take accountability for the disappointment and pain I caused by saying this word. And while I know I can't take it back, I can listen, learn and take action to continue the dialogue and be a part of this change, which is why it is so important to me to tell y'all that there is no defending what I said. Stop defending me. She told her followers. No way! A solid A, Hannah Brown. And also called out her friends who are blaming Brooke and all those other people. Right, and she told her friends and followers, stop defending her, there's no excuse. Wow, good, just slow clap for Hannah Brown. Slow clap, Hannah Brown. So now I don't know who unseats her as worst apology, but Mm. we'll have to figure that out next week. Here's my happy ending, James. That's a great happy ending. Mine is definitely not as good, and it's actually kind of a stretch. But listen. Okay. Adding a period to your URL is a workaround (laughs) to get rid of ads on YouTube. It might be kind of long and kind of not worth it. Why can't they just let us watch, you know, baby goat compilations in peace? But the good news is that it's opening up more conversations about periods. And for Uh once, periods are actually doing something good for the world. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Very good, Alex. Very, (laughs) very good. You get that. Jesse's also slow clapping. Thank you, you, Jesse, for slow clapping my period (laughs) joke. 
Oh, that was great. I appreciate it. We very much appreciate y'all listening to us. Thank you for putting up with my sleep deprivedness this week. We've had some really, really, really tough conversations. And those conversations will uh, continue absolutely next week. We talked to Brandon Kyle Goodman um, of Modern Love, a writer on Big Mouth. He's got a new show coming out on Netflix as well. It will be a fantastic interview, I am sure. So stay tuned for that. Do not forget to follow us at We Are Channel Q and at DTS Show all over the socials. Allie, any parting words for our guests? Hello, I'm a, uh, uh, I'm a feather channel, I'm a channel Q rainbow, but no, I've got nothing. I've got absolutely nothing. I just need to, I need to crack open a you beer. Can, I'll you see. can take us out as the queen. How about that? You did the queen. Earlier. Well, thank you all for listening. And don't eat any oysters. Don't do anything I wouldn't do, which includes eating pizza. Good day. On the, next, on the next, drop the subject. On the next show, we talked to Brandon Kyle Goodman from Modern Love about his new Netflix film, Feel the Beat, and his viral video about the difference between a good ally and an effective ally. Plus, we debut a new game called Band or Band. Is it something that's been banned or canceled in 2020? Or is it an actual band that would have played at Coachella? Example, Pangolin Scales. Hmm, band. Correct. Wait, I think I need to think this through a little more. <laughs> drop the subject. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific, 1 to 4 Eastern on Channel Q.